Welcome to Girls That Invest. Today is Monday, which means we're bringing you Sticky Money Monday, a weekly advice column where you give us a sticky money situation you're in, whether your ex owes you money, your friend is asking you to fork out for her wedding, or your flatmate just keeps stealing your oat milk. We're here to give you our unsolicited, unfiltered advice. You are joined today by two retired nice girls, Sim and Sonia, with the friends who tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Let's get started. Sonia, this week's sticky money situation is, these are my least favorite ones, I'll be honest, because anything that is to do with like parents' money is so hard because I think we have all been there when you're on your personal finance journey. It's like you sort out your own life and you're like, okay, cool. I got it. I know what my plan is. I know what I need to invest in. I like can see like my career and you feel really good and then you look around you and you're like let me help the people around me like let me like is my brother gonna be okay are my parents gonna be okay and then it is just a different ball game when you want to go and help with other people's money because one often they're older than you and two like it's not really your place yet at the same time you love these people I remember I like sat down with my parents once, put down everything they spent on like a budget sheet and was like, okay, like we could cut down on this and this and this. And they like were like, oh, that's so cute. And then they went on their day and I was like, okay, that's fine. (laughs) That is totally okay. I'm just going to go and jump out of my bedroom window. I feel like our personal finance journeys are a little (laughs) bit different. Like I'm learning to put me first now. And it's at the later part of 2022. Like I've started doing this in probably October, November 2022. And I'm like, wow, I've been helping everyone around me. Let me just think about myself for two quick ticks. Me and Sonia keep having these conversations. And once Sonia was like, the bank of Sonia needs to close. And I was like, absolutely it does. I'm actually really surprised that you still want to hear about my issues because I feel like it's so repetitive. You know, when people like come up to you and they just say, I'm so burnt out and then they have the same problem like every other week it's like me I find myself in these situations and it's like you should know better babes but it comes from a good place like it's never bad it's always like hey should I help this person and I'm like how much is it and she's like x amount and I'm like are you insane but like it's your money I try to do like the white people thing and I'm like you make your choice if you want to like you learn from your mistakes but also then I put in like the brown parent thing and I'm like but you shouldn't do that the bright side is is I'm not hurting anyone but myself. Yeah. Except yourself. That's not the bright side. Who's going to take care Again, of you? Again, I'm on this. Okay. I wish I never brought it up <laughs> actually. What's the sticky situation today? Okay. Sorry. I will. The sticky situation is not this because that could be a three-part series. <laughs> this is our week's sticky situation. Dear Sim and Sonia, I have a sticky money situation. I've done a lot of thinking into my finances lately and I've started investing as well. I was raised by a single mother and money was at times a bit tight, which has made me a good saver and just generally very well aware of money and independence. My mum, however, didn't have the benefit of financial education and on top of that, she was negatively impacted by a few situations throughout her life, like giving up her career when she had kids, like many mums did in those days, and leaving others to make financial decisions on her behalf. In short, she had to start from scratch financially at the age of 45 and is now 67 and still running her own business part-time, which covers her ongoing expenses. 
However, the money she has for her retirement is limited, roughly about $150,000 sitting in the bank, as well as an $85,000 loan that she has given my brother for his business. He pays 3% interest on that. She owns her property, which is fully paid off, and she plans to live in it for the rest of her life and would never sell it. My brother and I will inherit it. I have two questions. One, given the short time horizon, what options should be considered for that money sitting in the bank, the $150,000? Is it best to keep it there, invest it, or perhaps for my brother and I to invest in longer term and support her financially on an ongoing basis out of her income? And two, she's very reluctant to accept any help right now. When we speak about money, she says something like, I've done the math and I can survive for about 10 years once I retire if I live very frugally. If I live beyond that, you might have to support me. I want her to enjoy her retirement and my brother and I both earn well enough to support her now and in the future so that she can enjoy life. Not to mention, we will inherit the house so we wouldn't even have a financial disadvantage in the long run. It's emotionally quite draining and I just want to find a good solution for all of us sooner rather than later. Would love to hear your advice on how to deal with this sticky situation. This is a really great one. But off the bat, question one, you know, what's the best option to put the money sitting in the bank account? Should she invest it, keep it there, perhaps give it to her brother? That kind of falls into personal finance because it's based off your personal circumstance as to where you should put your money. Like we could say, hey, put it in X or Y or Z or yes, you should give it to your brother or you should split it this way. But that becomes financial advice. And so what I would say for question one is get a fee-based financial advisor. If you email us, we can send you some options and they are going to be able to look at the retirement plans, see what's going on, and then help you decide what the next steps are. Now for the second question, which is She's very reluctant to accept help right now. She says she's done money, but how do we like support her and how do we like have those conversations with her? I guess that's where Sim and Sonia's advice can come in. What are your thoughts, Sonia? I think, you know, we've talked about similar situations in previous episodes. And I think for this, before I get into my communication bit and my role play bit, I really just want to take a moment and say it's really important to empathize in these situations. Like put yourself in your mom's shoes. The fact that she has as much as she does now and she's had to start over at 45 and she's sacrificed so much and just with the story that you were saying, like it did make me emotional. I think when parents get to retirement age, we kind of forget that there are so many things that come with retirement in terms of like a lot of people in that generation, they do associate their worth with work and their productivity and output. So when you're retired and you're like stagnant and not doing anything or you're not contributing to society anymore in their eyes, like that is really tolling on you mentally, especially if you've had a particular mindset for so long. And two, I think parents come from a stubborn point of view and they let pride take over in terms of you guys are my kids. I do not want you to help me and I'm going to be stubborn about it even though it is going to impact me financially and then it just ends up impacting your kids whether you want 
it to or not. So I think just taking a moment to understand where she's coming from, I think that will help your frame of mind and kind of help you plan this conversation that you have with her. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just, I feel like there's two sides to this story right now. Like there's the mother who's like, I am doing really well for my age. Like I'll be honest, for a 67 year old Mm -hmm. to have $150,000 in cash plus another $85,000 cash that she's loaned, that she's getting money on. She has her home outright and she has a business that she owns that maybe one day she could sell or like take shares from or work part time in. I can understand, like, and I would agree with her that she's doing pretty well for herself, for her age, for someone that had, like Sonia said, to start all over again at 45. Like, she did that in 22 years. That's pretty impressive. And then I can see the side of the daughter who's like, we want to speak about money and she's reluctant to have our help and she's like, I've done the math. What I would say is it sounds like there's a lot of what-ifs in this conversation and a lot of, like, but are you going to be okay? Of course I'm going to be okay. Like what does okay look like? If you can sit down with her and have her draw out her like retirement plan or even better do step one, go to a financial advisor together or with your brother as well and have a financial advisor explain out like, okay, yes, she's going to be okay. And they're going to give you hard numbers and they're going to be like, okay, what do you want to live off every year? Okay. You want to live off $60,000 every year? you either are there already, congratulations, or you need to do X, Y, Z and you need to top up your income by $300 a week. And then now you and your brother have like a hard and fast number to go, okay, we can make sure our mom lives that retirement that she deserves that isn't as frugal as she's been planning for. And all we have to do is top up this amount because without numbers, both sides are kind of going, I'll be okay. And the other side's like, no, you're not. And no one's going to believe the other. Like, she's not going to wake up one day and go, you know what? My kids are right. I should plan more for retirement. And you're definitely not <laughs> going to wake up one day and go, you know what? My mom's going to be okay. Because neither of you have proof of either of that. I could not agree more with what you've said. I think I would choose the latter option in terms of going to a financial advisor together. Because when already in terms of the context that you've given and how she's reacting to things, I think she might take it better from an advisor or like a third party. Because it comes across less as from your child. Are you sure you're confident enough for retirement? Like, I bet, excuse me, I birthed you. Like, Oh my God, if my kid said that to me, I would. (laughs) I've done so much for you. And now that I'm 67, this is how you want to treat me and have a conversation with me. I'm totally kidding. But it comes less like, this is what you should be doing. And it's more of like an encouragement. Like this is an advisor. They're paid to be very factual and take emotions out of it you know I think that is your best bet I think people really underestimate being involved in these conversations with an advisor in your family even though you're not nearly at retirement age I think it's really helpful for you and your brother and it also as morbid as this sounds being involved in those conversations also helps like one when your parents pass and how to navigate that, it makes it so much easier because these conversations are already being had. It takes the stress out of it. It really does. And look, I, I'll i be honest, I think your mom is doing really well for herself. Like I get where you're coming from. I would feel the exact same way that you do. But I have a somewhat similar setup with my family. Like their home is paid off, but they don't have businesses. They don't have any other homes or other investments. So I'm like, what, what are we going to do? But at the same time, I'm like, 
they have one home that they've paid off and it's like they can always downsize and then put that money in a second home and like have Mm -hmm. some rent come in like there's all these things that they can do but I get what you mean like you'll always worry because that's your parents in the same way that when we were at school and we were probably doing well they were still worrying because that's just what they do we care for each other therefore we worry but you're never going to stop worrying until you see proof that she's going to be okay and she's never going to you know tell you that or she's never going to be able to say anything to convince you otherwise Mm. until she also has those numbers in front of you so working out those numbers together with a financial advisor or through some online calculators if she's like no I don't want to go to an advisor and you're like okay at least do it with me Last year, before my brother moved to England, it was all four of us, me, my dad, my mom, and my brother living under the same household. And before he moved to London, we actually had a few money conversations and we sat down with food, with some snacks. Dad had a glass of whiskey. We like were drinking for mom and we had like a really good conversation about money and retirement and how like my parents want the next few years to go I think for us like I would really love to talk to a financial advisor they've got like their broker and stuff that they talk to that they've worked with for ages but I would love to be involved in those conversations from my end as well because I don't know I don't know if you get to a point of planning in life where you stop worrying about your parents and vice versa like you could I feel like you could do everything and beyond and there'd still be a little bit of but are they okay you know I don't think it's a bad thing I don't think it ever goes away honestly my grandparents have moved in with my parents my parents are like in their 50s my grandparents are in their like early 80s and I'll be honest it doesn't go away like both sides still like worry about each other my grandma will be like (laughs) do you want some tea and my dad's like I'm in a meeting and I'm like this is odd because you're like 50 right now (laughs) it never goes away but final thoughts final thoughts You guys sound like very caring children and you sound like children that want to make sure that your mom's okay. Whether you need a chip in or not is like something you have one thought about and two decided you will do. And it sounds like you've got a very caring mom. I mean, she wants to leave the home for you guys. She's set herself up, but also set you up so that she can gift you like $85,000 or loan you $85,000, your brother. Like that's unheard of. That's a lot of money. And I think... There's clearly a lot of care and love on both sides, but no one's going to wake up one day and decide that they're just going to be okay. So someone needs to step in, have that chat with her, whether it's internally, whether it's with an advisor, so that you have peace of mind and then she has peace of mind. And then you can kind of put that chapter behind you because otherwise Mm. as she gets older, like you'll just get more stressed about it. But I feel like that's probably a good place to wrap up this episode if you have a sticky money situation you're in and you want a unsolicited, unfiltered, and frankly unhinged <laughs> advice. Oh, I think today's advice was not unhinged. I think this is probably the best advice we've ever given <laughs> on the series. Then send us a DM or email us at hello at girlsatinvest.com. There is a link in the description that will take you directly there and you may just be featured in next week's episode. Till next time, Sonia. Bye. Bye.
And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.